You're listening to Germantown Community Radio 92.9 FM, WGGTLP Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. If it's Thursday evening, this is Cue the Mic. Or if it's Saturday afternoon, this is Cue the Mic on WXBU 89.1 FM, Villanova's campus radio station. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Cue the mic, cue the mic. And do you know what today is? Thursday. It is National, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Green Day, Greenhouse Day. Um, all right, I'm totally messing it up. I'll look for it and come back. Anyway, this is Dr. Renee Norris Jones. My grandchildren fondly call me Dr. Grandmother. Okay, I put the thought out there. It wasn't their idea. Um, and students call me doctor, but otherwise I go by she, her, no answer to do in the right, in the right environment. Um, and my pronouns, do I already do my pronouns? No. Yes. I did. Oh my goodness. Okay. I've had off for like the last couple of days, so I'm kind of losing track. So I am here with Sandy Smith, our yes. co-house. How you good doing, evening, Sandy? Everyone. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's been a pretty good week overall. Um, you know, weather could be just a little warmer this time of year, but uh, you know, I'm I'm ready for spring. You know, having having done winter as one should, um, I'm ready for spring and you know then summer. Uh, but yes, I'm Sandy Smith, uh, one of the co-hosts of this show. My day job is home and real estate editor at Philadelphia Magazine. Uh, I'm a Germantowner of eight years standing, and in order to discourage people from sending me email with the salutation, dear Ms. Smith, my pronouns are he, him, his. And with that, I turn it over to our other co-host, Herman Epperson. Hey, everybody. I'm Herman Epperson. Pronouns are he, his, and him. Uh, I was born and raised in Philadelphia too. Um, originally from Germantown, I uh, moved out in 2013. Um, I reside in West Philly. I'm a theater major at Community College of Philadelphia. And I spent uh, about 11 years in the Army National Guard before I decided to make a career change. Hmm. Thank you for your service, sir. I just, you know, the more we talk about the military, the uh, more I am just, um, yeah. And, I, you know, two I of my exes were, I'm go, go ahead. I just, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I feel like I intentionally stealing away the show when I. No, not at all. Well, my no, um, one of the lessons we boomers learned a little too late in <laughs> Vietnam Sorry. is that, you know, um, in opposing the war, we did a grave service disservice by blaming the men, and they were men at the time. Who fought in it for fighting in it? They were they were answering they were doing what their country called them to do. They were not right. responsible for the war, right? And they were so, legally once you were drafted, you were legally mm -hmm. um, required to go, or people went to Canada. So yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's you know sometimes we go through life and we don't really understand something. My dad was army two of my exes were marine and then army so um i still didn't quite get it until just hearing you talk week after week so um 
it's not still in the show at all. It's really, it's really okay. needed. Yeah, not at all, not at all. Um, and I just want to say that it's National Earth Day. Oh, I don't know what right. I said. Today is April 22nd. Yes. The anniversary of the first and biggest environmental teach-in the country has ever seen. Right. And it's been 50 years. Is that right? Yep. Yep. 50 Wait years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Earth Day. I don't know. What, what did I say? Green Day or something? You started to say, mm-hmm. that's a band. So yeah. totally different. They're in yeah. Seattle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sorry. was all over. What's the band? Green Day. That's a band. You were trying to say Earth Day and you yes. said Green Day. That's they're two different things. This is true, I'm finding out. Um, but this it's a band. The band, yep. Okay, all right. So I, I've interrupted enough. Sandy, carry on. All right, so uh, here's what's on our lineup tonight. Uh, We've got some rather interesting and provocative stuff uh, lined up for you. Uh, We'll be starting with an arts and culture segment on a uh, noted artist who recently passed away. Uh, Then on why pronouns matter, uh, we've got an item about a a person who made an eloquent argument for something that has since come to pass, sort of. Uh, Our trans spotlight, uh, we have something good for you. Uh, we've got a really hot one for political cues and news, followed by gay answers to straight questions, and then our lightning round, newsworthy or not. And today in LGBTQ history, well, on this day in... Wait a Whoops, got to find this again. Oh, did I cover it over? It was on this day in, I think it was 1971, sometime in the 70s or 80s, excuse me, 80s, when the Washington State Legislature narrowly defeated a bill that would have made it illegal to fire people based on their sexual orientation. The bill went down to defeat when two Democrats joined all of the Republicans in the legislature in voting against the bill. Huh. This was 70s? Wait a minute, oh, let me find the day again. No, oh, excuse me, this was very recently, I'm sorry. 2005. Wow. It was House Bill 1515. You know, it's it's amazing how we hear things and either we're we are shocked in a good way or shocked in a bad way that it's still happening now or that was that you know what I'm saying? So it's it's yeah, this is recent stuff. history, folks. Yeah. You know? And we still don't have federal employment protections. Huh. Wow. Um So yeah, there's still work to do. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. And I think that's for every, um, for most things that, you know, we're kind of an uphill battle. Um, So yeah. Um, Okay. 
moving forward, as you said, we have some interesting things for arts and culture. Um, so I'm going to do a couple of the quick ones first because the other ones are just going to kind of, um, they're a little bit more involved. So the Oscars are happening. Um, and wait a minute, did the Oscars, the Oscars are for the 17th? No, they'll take place Sunday the 25th. Um, it's more of an FYI kind of thing. Um, do you guys watch the Oscars? Nah, not really interested. Yeah, and and pretty much even if you are interested, the headlines the next day kind of give you everything. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, that, that goes for me too. Yeah, um, Prince Philip passed within the last week and there was a question as to why Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth sat alone during his funeral. And after a little bit of looking and looking, I found out the answer. Give me one second. Oh, here it is right in front of me. They, she, sat, she sat alone because they have been in a bubble with just some members of their household for the past year because of COVID. Um, so the monarch was not eligible to join or support her with other members of the family. So that makes sense because the two of them were kind of, you know, secluded because of, um, and I heard them saying it like some point it was on after the morning news and I heard them saying, she'll be sitting alone, she'll be sitting alone, she'll be sitting alone, but no one said she's sitting alone because of COVID, you know, stay with your own household. But they kind of made a big thing out of it and I found that it was no big thing to be had. Oh, well that makes sense. Right, right. But they, they were making it this huge, huge thing. And the other thing with the royal family is that Henry and William were still chatting together after the funeral. Their brothers, their grandfather died. It doesn't matter, matter whether Harry moved to the US and he whatever. At this point, they're still siblings. They were really they're, trying to make nothing out of something. Right, or make exactly. something out of nothing, I should say. Right, because early I heard, will they talk? Will they speak? Uh, they, they, I, I just can't. I just can't. You know, sometimes people just, they don't have anything else to talk about. Um, Here we are talking about it, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. So, all right, we're going to move on from there. And we wanted to do a correction. We talked about DMX. Um, the news initially said, which I think we followed, was that he had a heart attack. It was all they were saying on, over the national news and local. Had a heart attack and he was in a coma. I don't remember whether, whether the coma was induced or whatever, but he was in a coma. I think, uh, well, go on. Right. And then at some point, actually, Miss Nile um, said, Mom, he died of an overdose. I'm like, what? Um, but the local news was still saying um, it was a heart attack. Did he have um, a heart attack because of the overdose? It says he had an overdose that was brought on by other medical issues. Now, you, it, depending on your news source, how they word it. Okay. Um, but basically, it said that he had an overdose that triggered the heart attack. Okay, that checks out. Right, but initially, and I'm sure the family probably was just like, we're just going to say he had a heart attack. Um, Makes sense. But right, um, but I mean, it is what it is. People are going to find out and. Um, I was like, oh my, I, when I saw the headline, I was just like, DMX, really? Um, because you think of this, you know, very strong, you know, yeah, 
Well, he had a lot of he had a lot of problems um, right. throughout the throughout right. the years. Right, all, all, as we all do. And you like, okay, he he was on some drugs. Um, I don't really think they said what drugs it was, or I just didn't follow. Um, did you guys know which? Um, I know he was on a bunch. I don't want to say. Um, right. I don't want to speculate, but I know he was. He had a number of drug problems. Right. Okay. And it doesn't matter they were, if they were. Um, I was going to say legal or not legal, but prescription or illegal drugs. But yeah. Um, okay. So there we are. That's what I have for the um, arts and culture. And there was something about little nazis, little nazis. That 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 were you saving for uh, political cues and news? I we are. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But we have, are we doing uh, Kanye West's sneaker? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, I thought we were doing something on that. I mean, uh, it's just as good, I guess, to uh, uh, raise it now as it was then. Let me now, uh, okay, I have to turn off the timer to my phone. Yeah, Go so it away. says that his $1 million Yeezys may become the world's most expensive sneaker. Um, and I looked at him and said, they don't look like what, well, I'm not a sneaker person anyway. Did they come in that wooden box though? What, with the sneakers? Yeah, it's, it's a picture of them. Yep, they did. They came in a wooden box. Um, but he wore these, which made sense now for the styling at the 2008 Grammy. So they're not even new. When I saw the headline, it said that the shoes are expected to fetch $1 million. I'm thinking he's selling them for that. This was Solobies um, said the value comes from the brand's cultural impact. <laughs> What's the cultural mm. impact of buying $1 million sneakers? Well, maybe that's the brown and black people. The, Let me put it this way. If I paid that much for a pair of sneakers, I sure as hell wouldn't wear them. You would not wear them. No. The only cultural impact it sounds like to me is capitalism. Yeah, they they they'd lose the value. They'd lose value the moment I put them on. Oh, this is true. This is true. So I I googled the cultural impact, and it says in a study, cultural impact was understood from the behavior and the feelings of people understanding the intended intended change, which indicates cultural emotions and signals. What? That that says nothing. Right, it, it doesn't. Just it just means, hey, I just want to own an exclusive item because of a person that wore them. And, and yeah. actually, come to say, I think this is probably something that we we should devote in this segment in arts and culture. The the item with Lil Nas X. Um. So you all know about the Satan shoes, right? Yes. The ones that supposedly contained a drop of human blood in it that got everybody upset, and especially Nike, since he kind of ripped off a design. And well, they sold within one minute. Yep. Less mm -hmm. than a minute, they sold all 666 pair. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, he's following this up with a T-shirt. Page six in the New York Post reports that uh, he has a T-shirt collaboration with Pizza Slime. That includes three $33 tees that poke fun at the uproar over his videos, unabashedly queer videos, visuals, and biblical records. 
One reads, I heart Jesus, but then followed by another message in a much smaller font. And that one part in the Montero music video by Lil Nas X, when he gets nasty with the devil because it was a cool form of self-expression and art. Another cheeky style reads, I watched the Montero video by Lil Nas X and all I got was this lousy shirt and now I'm also gay and love Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's just great. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm afraid that the fundies and whoever's objecting to this don't know what's hitting them. I, I, I read that I'm thinking, Nas has pulled out the shiv and he's sticking it up the derriere of the fundies and giving it a hard twist. And <laughs> wow. they don't even realize that they are getting played. Screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I was going to say about, about um, the million dollar sneakers that Kanye was trying to sell. And Lil Nas's excess sneakers were going for a thousand dollars a pair, which is comparatively much more affordable. Um, if but, that's all it was, I thought they were selling for more than a thousand dollars. I thought one thousand eighteen. One thousand eighteen. Right, right. Which because actually, it, it is went the reference to it's the reference to the verse in the Gospel according to Luke, where Satan falls from grace. Oh, well, that's that's really interesting, actually. But Luke chapter ten, verse eighteen. Got it. And uh, he did, he made 666 um, pairs. pairs, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I get, I would be a hypocrite to say that I have never bought anything that was an exclusive item. Um, but to dress it up as something, oh, it's for the culture. It, it's, no. I, I told you, it's about black and brown. It has nothing to do with for the culture. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't belong well, in our normal stuff. It goes over there. What do you mean black and brown, though? It said, sorry. It said that it was under the, the solar bees. Am I pronouncing that right? I know the name. Sotheby's. Yeah, right. The auction so, house? Yeah. Yes, the auction house. So it comes under the brand's cultural impact because normally you don't have this many black and brown and wrappers being sold at auction oh okay so it's basically so it's under your cultural impact the cultural impact of a uh of a black rapper having um something he created that was now it's being sold in usually a a a white space Yes. Well, you know, keep okay. in mind, Lil Nas X isn't just a black rapper. He's a black rapper with the Country Music Association Best Country Song well, Award under his belt. You're absolutely correct. I was talking about, I was still talking about Kanye, though. Um, right. And the, oh, and the yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But both, yeah, I mean, the culture, if the cultural impact they're talking about is, uh, um, you know, a black rapper pioneering something, cool, I get that. That's a different story. But um i just have to, i just i have to i can't help but to roll my eyes when it's something like a million dollar pair of sneakers it's i that's just my opinion i get right. it to a certain extent i that's why i right. said you know if i had a thousand dollars to burn 
No, I still don't think I would buy Lil Nas's, uh, Lil, Lil Nas's uh, sneakers. Right. Um, but I support him in some, uh, some other way. I mean. Right. So in three sentences after this article, mm -hmm. it says they are expected to fetch $1 million, which would make them the most expensive pair of shoes ever sold. That's when I'm like, oh, okay, they're current. Then it says, Solar B says the value comes from the brand's cultural impact. Why was that needed there? Why was that statement needed there? That's what I meant about the capitalistic thing. It's just like, oh, hey, you know, cool. A black rapper got an item sale uh, put for auction in a in a space that's normally used by white people, right? But yeah, I, I, right, many... I, I, right, and and, and I'm not, so I'm not even sure whether it's just white. It's a, um, I think it's more of a. We don't usually carry this type of thing. We do carry it, but don't worry. We still have this part of our franchise. This falls under our cultural piece. That's what I read. I don't know. Was that, was that Kanye's idea to sell it for a million dollars? Usually the auction, the auction house will, you know, assess, assign a value to it, mm. um, appraise it at a certain price. Uh, and uh, that will not necessarily be the price it will sell for, but that's okay. their assessment of its worth. Right, right. I, so I'm looking at this, and um, I'm, I, I teach MBA students, and I'm always looking, you know, trying to get them to be succinct and clear, succinct and clear, because, you know, take all the rest, of, rest of the language out of there because it's not doing anything. It's not serving a purpose. So when I read this, I'm just looking at that sentence going, what's the purpose of that sentence right there? Because right, it could no. have said, they're expected to fetch a million dollars, the most expensive shoes ever sold. It doesn't matter who sold them. Um, and then it says, I'm going to skip to the last line. He sported these sneakers at the 2008 Grammy, Grammy Awards. I don't think the, 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 the line in there tells me that we have to say that that comes from our cultural brand. This is not who we are. Don't want to lose any current people that follow us who, but it's definitely not what they're known for. Mm -hmm. So we were moved back over to the other piece of news in our sneaker arts, arts and culture. With the T-shirt, yes. Well, you know, um, I, I, I got I got to hand it to Lil Nas X. I think he's laughing all the way to the bank with this one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, one of the things that I think uh, a, a lot of the critics may not appreciate or understand about the video and what he's following up with is, you know, they were the ones that were condemning us all as you know, we're going to hell for right. our sexual, you know, for, our, for our sexual orientation, for our choice of who we love. Yep. So, you know, I, I read this and I thought of that passage in Huckleberry Finn, you know, the famous Mark Twain novel yeah. mm -hmm. in which uh, Huck writes a letter, uh, basically, you know, he was going to like denounce, you know, Jim, who he'd been hanging out with all this time and he couldn't bring himself to it. And as he, uh, Balls up the letter, he says, okay, I'm going to hell. Hmm. This is what Lil Nas X is also saying. Well, if you think this is simple, I guess I'm going to hell and I'm going to enjoy the trip. You, you know, and I am agnostic. So whenever people tell me I'm going to hell, it's like, eh, I'm agnostic. I don't believe in hell. So 
bring it on. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, but yeah. anyway, it says here that the, the t-shirt was supposed to be, what did it say? It's supposed to be an apology. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yep. well, it, 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 it's sort of a backhanded apology. <laughs> right, right. And that's what it says that it's kind of like, yeah, okay. You said, um, it's, um, I can't find it now, but it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. little nods X for his part. It's, Poked mm -hmm. fun at the uproar with a tongue-in-cheek yes. apology video um, mm -hmm. um, that incorporated some of his Call Me By Your Name videos, uh, racier themes. So it's like, okay, already. Yep. And again, um, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm having a good chuckle along with it. <laughs> um, especially that t-shirt. All I got was this lousy shirt. And now I'm also gay and love Satan. Ah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, that's too good. Yeah, when yeah. I saw that, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is just hilarious! <laughs> this is absolutely hilarious!" The things that mm -hmm. we're um, that are a big deal. Um, yep. And then it was uh, it was another bit of news in there about Little Nas X, um, and I think that's the last piece for Alts and Culture was that um, he has been open about his. Um, mother's addiction um, and social media was kind of beating him up mm -hmm. and his dad has stepped in and defending him. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, and it says um, there ain't enough money you can throw at this situation to make it right. Um, and that's what his dad said, you know, in defense right. of his son. Um, and we all have um we all have people in our lives that have some various of addiction, whether they're an alcoholic and don't mm -hmm. want to announce it, you know, or don't want to get around it. I think alcoholism is probably um, more politically correct than drug addiction. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't make it any right. But um, right. And, and he's been open and talking about it. You know what I'm saying? But folks are just like, you know, he should take more. He should be more. He should be more responsible for his mother. Addiction. Uh -oh. um, he should be responsible for his mother's addiction. Right. Are right. they implying he caused his mother's addiction? Like well, right. And then his dad says, "You can't throw enough money. There's there's no there's not enough money to throw at this situation to make it right." So I guess they're saying, you know, he had so much money, he should be fixing her with the uh, money. I mean, it like. Yeah. What, what, what do they expect? They put them in rehab, put her in rehab or. Right. But it, whatever it is, I mean, at some point we, we know that the person, people are not going to change or grow or give past alcoholism or whatever it is until they're ready to make that change. And within any family, um, you have people who um, are not doing great things in the public. I mean, even going back to the Kennedys and we grew up with that, especially Sandy and I grew up with, you know, the kidneys could do no wrong. And then I remember the, um, one of the Kennedys with the girl and she drowned in the, in the lake or something. Uh, Mary Jo Kopechny, Chappaquiddick, right. Martha's Vineyard. Yep. Um, or Cape and, Cod rather. Right. So you have, and you know, even the guy from the, um, who were with the girls and the mom? Bruce Jenner. Uh, Kardashians. Um, yeah, uh, that oh. was um, 
Oh, how do how did I, how did I forget her? Rob, um, Rob, Rob's not always done things there. I mean, so it's it's you, you can't blame him for his mother's condition, you know? Yeah, no. Um, and you know he should be fixing her. No one's going to do anything until they're darn ready to do it. So yeah, that's that's the thing is you can't. He may want to help his mom, but um, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that situation is new to me, but like you said, like, and if anything, help somebody that that doesn't want to be helped. Right. If anything, his money will be more enabling going, yep, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then she comes back, you know what I'm saying? But Mm. um, I even remember Keisha Cole, when she came out with her story, just, I mean, there are just people in our life and um, you know, um, that aren't the best. They don't set the best example example for us humans here. Yeah. So you know, um, here here to his dad stepping in and saying, "Yeah, okay, they got nothing to do with him." Back up. Yeah, yeah. And and he said, you know, you can't throw enough money at this problem to make it go away. And I think that sums it up. Yeah. Yes. It has nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our pronoun segment. What are we doing for pronouns this week? Well, Maybe you I had something, a, right? Yeah, I ran across something interesting. It's it's a blast from the past, but I think it's kind of relevant to the, the cause. Um, I ran across this as I was, I write a weekly column on transportation issues for Next City. And a couple of weeks ago, I cited an op-ed by a New York Times opinion columnist named Farhad Manju, um, in which he was arguing that basically to fix our mass transit in America, all we need to do is throw lots of money at buses, um, which I thought was a good idea. So I read a little bit about Mr. Manju on the Times and I saw this uh, uh, item in his Times bio. Um, Farhad Manju became a Times opinion columnist in 2018. Before that, they wrote the Times state of the art column covering the technology industry's efforts to swallow up the world. They have also written for Slate, Salon, Fast Company, and the Wall Street Journal. Um, And, well, there's a little other stuff in the bio that's kind of cute, but I decided I would click on the link they. And that produced a column he wrote in July of 2019, in which he argued that it was time that we used singular they not just to refer to a person of indeterminate gender, uh, which is now you know official Associated Press style, um, but to refer to specific people who have specific genders, like him, which he says he won't object to in the column asking that you refer to him as they. Um, I- I'll read a little bit from the opening here. I'm your stereotypical cisgender middle-aged suburban dad. I dabble in woodworking, I take out the garbage, and I covet my neighbor's Porsche. Though I do think men should wear makeup, it looks nice. My tepid masculinity apparently rings loudly enough online and in person that most people guess I go by he and him. And that's fine. I will not be offended if you refer to me by those traditional, uselessly gendered pronouns. But he is not what you should call me. If we lived in a just, rational, inclusive universe, one in which we were not all so irredeemably obsessed by the particulars of the parts dangling between our fellow humans' legs, 
nor the ridiculous expectations signified by those parts about how he should act and speak and dress and feel, there would be no requirement for you to have to assume my gender just to refer to me in the common tongue. There are, after all, few obvious linguistic advantages to this requirement. When I refer to myself, I don't have to announce my gender and all the baggage it carries. Instead, I use the gender nonspecific I. Nor do I have to bother with gender when I'm speaking directly to someone when I'm talking about a group of people. I just say you or they. So why does standard English impose a gender requirement on the third person singular? And why do elite cultural institutions, universities, publishers, and media outlets like the Times still encourage this gendering? To get to my particular beef, when I refer to an individual whose gender I don't know here in the Times, why do I have to usually choose either he or she or in the clunkiest phrase ever cooked up by small-minded grammarians, he or she? The truth is I shouldn't have to. It's time for the singular they. Indeed, it's well past times and I'd like to do my part in pushing they along. Now, later in the column, he points out now that there are places now where you do find that. Like for instance, if you summon an Uber driver, and the app lets you know that, that the driver's on the way, it'll say, Juan is here, meet them outside. You know, um, he basically is saying that doing this is a, nor is, a, is a blow against gender stereotyping, you know. Um, oh yeah, it does say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking now, not that I take too many Ubers, but it does. Yep. Um, you know, huh. it, it, it is, it is in essence, um, a step towards greater freedom for everyone. And I understand where they're coming from. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. So get rid of, uh, gender pronouns in general is what they're saying. Basically. Yes. They're arguing that we should do away with specifically gendered pronouns. Now, something I think they forget is that most Western languages have gendered pronouns, especially to refer to people, but in the Romance languages, especially to refer to objects with no gender at all. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it would be, yeah. go ahead. The boat, she is in the water, you know. Yeah. The cup, she is on the table. <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, I it's weird how uh objects are gendered in those languages i've never really studied that but i like what this guy is saying um oh i may have just misgendered them but um mm -hmm. i like what they're saying but it is easy to use the to use they as a pronoun um far easier than people realize and that's something i've always said on this show but I don't think, I think those pronouns should still exist just because people's gender really matter to them. If someone is trans and they want to be called she, her, they should. Yes, I, I, mean, I actually, yeah. I agree with what they're saying, but I wouldn't, I don't, I disagree with getting rid of um, um, 
all gender references all, all gender that. references it, yeah I, I i disagree with that because i mean that that is important to some people um i understand their reasoning behind it but uh, i don't think we should get rid of it um i should i think we should be more open about how we use it and you know be accepting of they or whatever pronouns people prefer but i think we shouldn't get rid of uh gender pronouns completely i'm with you there yeah so he's proposing that we get rid of all gender pronouns she her everything yeah we just use uh, they as like yeah. a blanket for everybody i'll just use mm -hmm. they um yep. yeah that's gonna be a bigger um a bigger, oh, it's gonna be a bigger change. I'm thinking about kids in kindergarten. But if you start kids young enough, they can get. But what about the kids who were already in second, third, fourth grade? You know, um, I mean, kids should be learning pronouns anyway. So, I mean, yeah, I don't. You're right. You're right. I mean, you, I think kids should be taught they to begin with. I mean, we all, we all, to some extent, know what they is. We we've been taught that in school on the basic level. And that's why I believe that switching over to they to to refer to someone of a um, indeterminate gender is easy because, like this article says, like what Sandy just says, that is the grammatically correct way of doing it. So it's not like we're inventing reinventing the language here. But if you do strike he and her completely out of it, that is that would be changing the language a little bit too. And um, like I said, like a lot of people do use those pronouns to identify with who they are. So it's like, you know, you could make the argument that doing that erases their identity too. So that's why I, I like where, I like where the writers, uh, I like where his head is at, but I don't agree with getting rid of it completely. Right. I mean, I guess I'm thinking of, um, I, I remember when SEPTA, for folks outside of Philadelphia, that's our public transportation center, um, public transportation company. System. System. Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority. Um, there were, and I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it for a while, but, and I remember covering this, that there were male and female stickers on there. Um, I guess so people couldn't buy them and give it to someone else, but why couldn't you just give it to someone in the same, same gender, gender. Yes. right? Um, and not have it be a big deal, but I think it was important that they took it off. And I guess I'm trying to think of things that, because I, you see it all the time, male, female, um, restrooms, and we already kind of, yeah, that's, that's a yeah. whole nother story. Um, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm not sure whether it's, I don't know. It, that's, that's a lot to impact. That's like another show yeah. in itself. Um, and, and we do so many things all the time that comes back to male, female, male, female, male, female. So mm -hmm. um, that's definitely a topic for another time. And we will bring that back as a topic for another time. But looks like, and Sandy's giving us the, the time and he keeps moving it around. Um, so what do we have up next, Sandy? Well, uh, this is supposed to be trans spotlight time. I do see you have a small item here uh, about that law in Arkansas um, that I think, what was it supposed to do? It would ban transgender youth from participating in sports. Wasn't that it? 
Um, I believe she, I believe so. Um, let me try to bring it up here. Um, and, and I'm not sure whether we covered this already, like last I think week. We did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but it's well, okay because the other things that we have for this topic are really around a lot of sports. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm bringing it up on my computer that's taking its good old sweet time. Um, starting with the football player, former NFL player, Ryan Russell. I don't watch football. Um, but it says that he, Ryan, former football player, NFL player, Ryan, Ryan Russell takes a strong stand for trans youth who want to play, play sports. Ooh, get that out. Trans kids deserve the same opportunity that made my NFL career possible. That's what he's saying. So is he, does he, is he LGBTQ? Yeah, it says he came out as bisexual in 2019 after playing for three seasons in the NFL. Wow. Which, which is something for the NFL to deal with because they are really one institution that's slow towards moving towards anything. And, and, and I don't even watch sports, so. Um, yeah, he went on to say after the first few weeks, most trans William, most trans children, including those who have immense potential to be great athletes or at the very least find love and joy in sports, can't even pick up a ball without leg legislation, legislation telling them that they don't belong. It's not wrong. Yeah, he says being born black queer, trans, or any other marginalized community puts us behind the starting line at every race. Yep. So, um, yeah, I thought that was, and I, that was pretty good. And then for our first Super Bowl coach speaks out, first out Super Bowl coach speaks out mm -hmm. against the wave of bands and trans youth in sports. Um, well, that's a direct follow-up, you know, to that law in Arkansas, and, you know, it's this is really kind of like pointless and counterproductive in a sense, and laws like that are kind of like closing the barn door after the horse is fled. Right, right, I like that. Um, and even going back, we've talked about Jazz Jennings, and mm -hmm. she said that she felt excluded when she was banned from soccer at age eight. Um, I mean, I just think, wh why are we banding people? Um, yeah, I, I, mm. it's like we're all humans. Hello. Um, that's the big, yeah, that's the big rub, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and something that I didn't know, and I brought this up and it talks about Joe Biden makes history with the trans day of visibility. And I was like, when I read about that, I'm like, I don't remember this day, how come I don't know that this day is coming up? And when I read further today, yeah. yes, but yeah, so when I came up, but I didn't know that it was Biden who determined that that's what it was, but because a friend of mine who has a trans relative said, hey, did you see this? And I'm going, how did I miss that? I'm thinking maybe it's a holiday I know about already or, you know, a special day. And it says, here's, this is from March 31st. So here's another first from President Joe Biden's a White House proclamation that recognizing transgender day of visibility. Um, 
I, I didn't know that that was part of his initiative. I guess that that's my point. Um, so um, right on to him, especially after the administration that we just came from. So everything is just huge. Um, yeah. So he says, together we can stamp out discrimination and deliver to our nation's promise of freedom and equity for all. Whew. Yeah, that's a bit there. Um, and that was very brave of him too, to do that. And I, and I don't follow politics that much. Any thoughts on why he has been so um, the opposite of Trump with all of these um, things of equality? Not that they, they aren't needed, but... Um, Any thoughts on why? Yeah, so I mean, not because, why, but that, yeah, because go ahead. that's the because he's paying attention to the 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 people who voted him in. That's why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mean, we mm -hmm. had, like you said, we had a we had a a president that was that put a, pretty much racist and homophobic, or right, right, or at least enabled those who are. And yeah, he's doing it because we're trying to undo all of that stuff and right. it's the right thing to do right no absolutely it is and as i was saying that i was just like oh my god um who's the press secretary she's gonna go because trans rights are human rights yes yeah what's her name jen what's her name jen pisaki yeah. yes yes um so we're moving through because sandy keeps giving us the the time clock here so we're gonna go really quick through Political cues and news. Actually, um, that item was probably fell into that category too. You know. Yes. Yes. Um, I think President Biden is surprising a lot of people, both left and right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, right. So, so I knew that it was needed to be done, but he's embracing things the way other presidents mm -hmm. have never done before. So yeah. to move quickly. Um, it's the real ID. Have you guys heard about the real ID? Yeah, that's the I have new, one. uh, yeah, that's, uh, right, the new initiative to update IDs in, uh, in, uh, Pennsylvania. Right. So it's yeah. been, it was supposed to, you know, you had to do it for October, 2020, but because of the pandemic, they pushed it up to October, 2021. I forget the exact date, but I've been sharing this with people and they're going, what is this real ID? What is that? And people are still like, what? Um, really? That's all right. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm, I, mm, yeah. So it's a real thing, people. Um, they've been talking about it for a while. I remember. I remember. It. So anyway, it came with my license, and I need to renew my license. I keep misplacing it in the house. Yeah. So beginning October the first, Pennsylvanians who need real ID, compliant driver's licenses, photo ID card, or other form of federally accepted identification such as a passport or a military ID to board domestic commercial flights. So basically, if you plan on getting on an airplane, you need to have some real ID. And if you don't have Correct. a passport, then you're not going. You paid for that flight and the airline's not going, oh, you didn't do that. So yeah, you're not going to board. That's basically what it means. Um, so this is when you go to the website of PennDOT, it says that there are 23 weeks, which sounds really close, four days, 14 hours, and 14 minutes. Sandy, did you get yours done before you renewed or you just applied for it? Um, when, I, when my license was up for renewal, 
Mm -hmm. I decided I would go for a real ID compliant one. Right. So I had to, you know, ride off to the Missouri Division of Public Records in Jeff City and get a copy of my birth certificate. Um, then with that in hand, plus a couple other pieces of ID that proved I lived where I lived, uh, they issued me a real ID compliant license. I really oh, man, can't me. tell what I really uh, can't I, tell what the sneeze. difference is, except that the real ID one has a gold star on it. Mm -hmm. And the other one says not valid for identification. Mm -hmm. Um. And the other thing that's not valid, I found this out some years ago, is that if your identification is expired, it's not valid. That is uh, correct. Yeah. That's nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. But there's people who don't understand that at all. They don't understand that at all. So, um, but if you have a passport, you can use that, correct? Correct. A passport right. to, to board uh, domestic and, and definitely for international, but yeah. You can use your passport. Right. Mm -hmm. For that. And when I re I, my passport lapsed after not using it for a while, but when I got the new passport uh, within the last five or seven years, you have the option to pay more for a wallet sized passport. It, it looks like this. It's the size of a driver's license. Um, yeah. So the, now I, the thing is the, the passport card uh -huh. is good for travel to Canada. Right. Mexico, which is now we now need now passports are required to enter either country, but right. it is not good for overseas travel. You still need a full blown passport. Huh. Okay, okay. Um, but does it count as working in Philadelphia for? Oh yeah, it'll it'll be good for any purposes for which real ID is required domestically. Right, right. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and get it anyway because um, I don't. I, I keep that small one with my. Um, with my driver's license. There we go. Sandy's showing his lovely driver's license and we're moving on because Sandy is pushing us along. Um, and so the young man who was killed in um, Minneapolis, is that where he was killed? His uh, mom, he It was Chicago, I think it was. Chicago. Oh, wait, no, Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Center. Minneapolis yes. suburb. Right, so he... Called his mom said, you know, he was getting stopped by the police and she said, why? And he said, because I have um, something hanging from my rear view mirror. And the Times yesterday covered a story and it says, come on, open up. How is a common air freshener, <laughs> how a common air freshener, go away, go away, got popped up on my computer, can result in a high stakes traffic stop yeah apparently it seems like driving around with one of those little tree air fresheners hanging from your rearview mirror is grounds for a traffic stop in most states and it is considered a primary stop in other words the cops can pull you over just for having that um like a broken taillight and uh it's well, i, I don't understand why presumably it was... because it would obstruct the driver's vision and keep them from being able to see, you know, objects that they might be about to collide with. Now, I don't understand why a tree air freshener would do that. It's not that large. Right, right. Um, yeah, it says critics are saying that the laws are used as pretext, which sounds more 
correct, like um, we're not going to stop everyone, but you have one, so that's why we're stopping you. Uh, some states, I note from the article, are dealing with this by demoting it to a secondary offense. In mm -hmm. other words, you can't be stopped just for this, but if they stop you for something else, they can cite you for it. So they see it, and then they go into your car. It's like, oh, you have drugs or yes. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the pretext, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, that gets rid and of the I driving while black. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I think they quote, the article quoted some sort of like highway patrol officers group or something saying, no, you can't do this. This gets rid of a tool we use to find other crimes. Yeah. Um, Give away the game, why don't you? Racial bias and traffic stops has been a focus of researchers and civil rights advocates for years. So black and brown people do not have an air freshener. And we are moving on. Yes, you this week. It says, do white gays enjoy white privilege like their straight white counterparts? Or does your gayness negate that? My experience is that no, it doesn't. You know, there are gay white men who are just as, you know, entitled and privileged and whatnot as their straight white counterparts. Um, you know, the notion that uh, they may see their oppression, but they don't see anybody else's. Hmm. Wow. I've definitely encountered some racist uh, gay white people, and I've definitely noticed that they especially if they're not perceived as gay first, they are white and they get to move about in all types of spaces without all the scrutiny a uh, brown person or a black person, regardless if, they gay, if they're gay or not. Hmm. And so, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting question. Definitely an interesting question and something I've not thought about. Um, hmm. Okay. And then we are officially in cues and news. Um, well, actually, we no. No, uh, no. Newsworthy that. or not. Newsworthy or not. Yes. I am uh, just I all over the place. we've got time for like one or two of those. All right. Here we go. Uh, you yeah. ready? Former, ready? And former Los Angeles Dodger, Yinsil Plug, P-U-I-G, said he had consensual sex with his accuser. She said that could not be further from the truth because she's a lesbian. Child, please. <sighs> yeah, like, dude, really? Mm -hmm. uh, I'll bet he. I'll bet he watches lesbian porn videos. Oh my like goodness! A lot of straight guy do. Yes, do. yes, 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 yes. Um, all right, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Um, Ivanka Trump. Enraged politicians by getting a COVID nineteen shot. What? <laughs> what? Enraged politicians? Republicans. Oh, oh well, Jesus Christ, they don't count. <laughs> she said, "Today I got the shot. I hope you do too. Thank you, no, no nurse tourists." And she put so a heart go, emoji. Girl. Right on, Ivanka. Yep, she said, "I want to live, people." Mm -hmm. I want well, to live. Yes, and so do we all. And I just have one short thing, one short thing 
we talked about this last week that The Rock was considering running for president. He says, and I quote, I don't think our founding fathers ever envisioned a six foot four, bald, tattooed, half black, half Samoan, tequila drinking, pick, pickup truck driving, fanny pack wearing guy joining their club. But if it was ever you know, happened, it would be like my honor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. He said, but if it ever happens, it would be my honor to serve you, the people. And 46% of Americans said they see Dwayne Rock, that they see it and approve of it. Um, I mean, I'm not willing to climb on the bandwagon, but I think I could smell what The Rock is cooking here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah. Like you said last show, um, celebrity fatigue, uh, specifically celebrities and politician fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I like those two words together. Celebrities and politics um, yeah. running for office, that type of fatigue. Um, I mean, like what The Rock said about what the Founding Fathers envisioned. No, they probably did not envision someone <laughs> like him at all being president. But yeah. I mean, he's been a pretty stand-up guy. So I really just really just comes down to what his politics are like cool the rock is going to go run for president fine but you know is he going to be yep. good at what he does is he going to be is he going to be progressive is he going to be regressive like those are things that actually matter than to me than you know his um his we all need to go back and study jesse ventura's tenure as governor of minnesota oh mm. uh, yes mm, jesse okay. ventura yeah. yes yeah so I think that makes it another week that we put the bed here. Herman, where can they yes. find us? You can find us everywhere. We are on iTunes, Podomatic, on the Google Play Store, TuneIn, Spotify, and Alexa can find us on Amazon. And if we're not on your favorite podcast channel, let us know and we'll get there. Zena, uh, you going to take us home? We are Cue the Mic, and you have been listening to us on Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM. WGGTLP Philadelphia and online at gtownradio.com and on Saturdays at 2 p.m. on WXVU 89.1 Villanova Campus Radio. See you next week. Said your name.